you all cheer out your windows at 8 p.m. in Hollywood? It's it's a thing. It's a thing. What? Please yeah. please elaborate on this. The uh, I, I guess they're doing it all over the country at different times. But yeah, we noticed it. I heard it was happening. And then early on, uh, my wife Nancy noticed it first. We were like, what the hell's going on? You open the window and you can hear all this noise. They were setting off fireworks, too. And uh, the first couple of times. Yeah. Now they've stopped because the fireworks scare animals. But yeah, 8 o'clock every night. I, there's something about it. It's like it's it's like everyone's just cheering and banging pots and pans and the other night somebody and it took a minute to realize that it was live, not the Hendrix recording. Somebody started playing the Star Spangled Banner on an electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In Kentucky, we're just using. Uh, we've changed our porch light bulbs to green. I mean, I haven't, but my neighbors did. What's the significance? I don't, yeah, what's happening? Um, the governor says that it's the color of pa- of compassion and empathy. Perhaps he missed Y'all the memo on envy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got he's asking people. Well, it started out just when there's a death, a COVID death, but basically there is every day now at least one. So now it's like they lot they lot up the governor's mansion green. Tom and Terrence are so unplugged from Kentucky politics at this point. Absolutely. I don't pay. I'm I'm more plugged into like Ohio politics than I am Kentucky politics. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the belly of the beast. I just choose to, you know. What we're, what they're doing down here, and I live in a pretty nice neighborhood, is somebody's like been shooting off guns every night, and it freaks me out because I'm like where exactly are you doing this? Like, I live eight steps from a Kroger. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know, but... And, and the thing, I, I learned this many years ago, the thing, a lot of people don't know this, when you fire a gun in the air, the um, the bullet uh, comes down. It goes somewhere. <laughs> I've always, I've had one. It wondered. comes down Pro- fast. Pro tip. <laughs> so like in, in the old days before a car race... They would shoot the gun off. At, that would eventually come down and like just nail somebody. <laughs> well, those those they would use starter pistols. They're just blanks. Yeah, oh, those okay. were blanks. Okay, those were blanks. <laughs> well, Not that clears up one source of my anxiety at night. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to tell y'all about my week in therapy. Oh. So I've started. Yeah, let's hear it. St- you- well, I'm sorry, Tanya. Do you finally have a therapist? Uh, I have two halves of a therapist, and they kind of combined make one. So just to give you a little background, Josh, so I started last, or I guess two weeks ago with this guy, and um, I told him, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, I remember. You told us this. Yeah, I was, tell, I was telling the guy. I was like, dude. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, I deal with, like, health anxiety. And strangely, I'm in a pretty good place with this COVID stuff, but I could see it getting off the rails here at some juncture. And he's like, where where did that really start at? And I said, well, the first time it really set in was when I was young and I heard Magic Johnson's announcement. And I just knew that, like, me and everybody I love was going to get AIDS. That was just the way it was. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm like, I thought, like, you know, he was had something, you know, really novel to say, and he goes... Well, you know, Magic Johnson was on the download, don't you? <laughs> like he had the <laughs> what's, intimate what's that details. Mean? What does he mean by that? Huh? What does he mean by that? Like that he was secretly sleeping was with gay. men. Yeah. Oh. 
And that's why, so you know, I, obviously, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so anyway, fa- Is that, was that the big rumor at the time? Oh, yeah. I think like Carl Malone and some other people in the NBA were saying that. Like nobody would wanted to play with him and all this shit. But I don't think it was like really widespread. Actually, I think that was the first time everybody thought, well, okay, this is like a heterosexual disease too, you know. But, is that maybe why they called John Stockton like the CIA agent? Is it, didn't they call John Stockton the CIA agent? I don't think. Where, where am I getting this from? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I've never heard John Stockton. Don't. <laughs> There's a lot of things I've heard John Stockton be called, and the CIA agent's not one of them. All right, don't listen to me. I, Are you talking about Carl Malone, the mailman? <laughs> no, I don't know why, for some reason, I had thought John Stockton was a CIA agent. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. Here, I'm, I, blush- I, I'm so blushing right now because I'm you guys. genuinely I used embarrassed. To, I used to listen when I drive to meetings. Uh, now I listen when I walk my dogs, and and uh, this is me maybe a third to a half the time listening to your show, and it just suddenly dawned on me I get to do this right now. I'm going I'm walking around going, dude, dude, who's John Stockton? <laughs> exactly, that's that's my line, Josh. <laughs> okay, John Stockton. It suddenly dawned on me like you're not just you are voices in my head, but I actually get to ask you these questions. This is how you have to do it now. For listeners who might not know, let's just clarify who Josh, who uh, Stockton is, so you don't. Yes, John Stockton is the NBA's all-time leader in assists and steals. Anyway, this is not about. This is not about. But he played with Carl Malone, right? Yeah, he was two parts of the Utah, or you know, the other big part of the Utah Jazz teams of the (laughs) nineties. Anyway. Well, maybe I got maybe hold on. Maybe I just need to explain myself. Maybe I got lost in some conspiracy theory rabbit hole in the nineties and had come to the conclusion that John Stockton was a spook, as they call them. So what's gonna happen here is I'm gonna like rebuke you for this and then in a month if like John Stockton, NBA's all time leader, assistant steals CIA. <laughs> It's going to come out. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, continue. So continue. I get to session two last night, which the first red flag here was that he was supposed to schedule it at 9 a.m. and he scheduled it at 9 p.m. And then showed up and I was like, he was like, man, is this time like, you know, like, do you really like want to meet in the nighttime like this? I was like, no, I think this is what you're doing, my friend. <laughs> so anyway, he's sitting there talking and I talking more about coronavirus and stuff and he goes man listen my wife's a biologist she works at this hospital in cleveland this ain't shit man he's like there's more people dying of the flu and all this stuff and in my head i'm thinking i gotta find a new guy (laughs) but what he went on this tangent he goes you're young you got no comorbidities you're gonna be fine (laughs) i'm like yeah you're about Three to four weeks behind on your information, my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I do like the tech, though. It's basically like if you don't have any words of solace or comfort, just be like, ah, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. It, it, don't worry about it. Like, literally, don't even think about it. <laughs> well, that's what he was encouraging me to do. So, I, And at this point, I feel like most people's biggest fears aren't even really that they are going to get the virus. 
<laughs> it's that someone they have to care for is going to get it. Or Society like will collapse this, as a result. Yeah, of, total yeah. total collapse. They have they can't pay their rent. There's like so many other anxieties stemming right now. And he's like, ah, shit, the flu's worse. <laughs> the scariest shit was like no, hearing about asymptomatic young people having strokes because of it. That shit is Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah, having no idea and just going on about their business. Yeah. Fucked up. So anyway, that's not even the weirdest thing that happened to me in therapy this week. The weirdest thing is <laughs> my landlord calls me, and she's like, you know, I hate to do this to you during quarantine, but I got to send these plumbers over. We got, like, old clay pipes underneath the house, and they're, like, cracking and leaking and stuff, and we have to do something about it so it doesn't fuck the house up. So I'm like, God damn, I'm just going to let three strange people come in my house and, like, breathe everywhere and it's just setting off all my <laughs> hypochondria triggers so she's also a therapist and she was like called me like 2 30 on saturday afternoon she's like you know i've was feeling bad about your concerns there and i just wanted to offer you some like a free therapy session and in my mind i'm like therapy session from a landlord i'm good but then i was like <laughs> now this is content yeah, I'll take you up on that. That's that sounds great. <laughs> so I go in there. I got to turn my camera on for this. I got to show you all so y'all know the technique because it's a visual thing. So she has me in the living room, and uh, she makes me do the Birdman hand sign. You know the. Oh right. my god! And she goes, put it up to your chest. She goes, close your eyes, and she goes, now. You're the director of your movie, your own movie. Remember this. And then she starts making me tap like this on either side with my eyes closed. And she goes, I want you to go find your traumas. It's you and your younger self. So there was like a scout team with me and like eight-year-old me and a little fat ass just <laughs> going around trying to find my bad memories. She goes, Every when you find one of those bad memories, stop doing the tapping Take a deep breath, big exhale, and then let your younger self take that memory, wad it up, and throw it in a pile. And so I did this over the course of my life, and really I wasn't thinking anything. I was like, this is so goddamn weird. I didn't even find, like, I wasn't even thinking about my traumas or anything. And at the end, she's like, <laughs> now you and your younger selves are on an island, and there's, like, water fountains there, and there's, like, the music that you like is playing over these speakers. It's nice, and everything you like is there. Now, go burn the bridge to your old life. And so, I burned the bridge oh to my, my old God. life, and I'm just stuck on an island with my 8-year-old self and my 14-year-old self and my dog that I lost in the divorce settlement. <laughs> and that was that. She was oh. like, do you feel better? I was like... "What? What is... Wait, I, this is, I need so... to know. Do you feel better? I had work? the worst panic attack of my life the next day. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I would have predicted. I have so many questions. This woman is licensed, and she thought in one hour it was a good idea to send you into a room with every trauma you could remember. With my eight-year-old <laughs> in self. One fucking, in one fucking session, one hour, you know the pic- beating on your own chest. You know the picture I have of, like, the mushroom cut from when I'm, like, eight years old? 
Yeah. So it was that guy and then the scrawny me that just like jacked off all the time, like going and finding like every bad thing that ever happened to me and put it in the pile. Yeah, I'd say you did have the worst panic attack of your life after that. What a fucking coup! I say all this to say both of these people. Say all this to say, if somebody ever offers you something called art therapy, sounds really nice. I like (laughs) art. It's not what you think it is. She oh, said that fuck. she said that eighty five percent of the people that take the art therapy never have panic attacks again after the fifth session, and after session one, I had the worst one yet. Wow! Jesus. Well, now Trillbillies, we are back down to zero therapists. Sounds like. <laughs> you know that's interesting. Maybe like the, the specific sort of demographic that makes up her clientele just have no traumas at all. So they just they em- they enter an empty room or an empty island. Really, the island that they enter in their minds is they're probably all rich people. So it's probably the Jeffrey Epstein Island. So they're probably <laughs> totally at at home. They're t- totally comforted immediately. I mean, it's the only people that would suggest sending a thirty four year old person to an island with an eight year old and a fourteen year old. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying they have? So you're saying they're like she's sending like forty year olds to go spend time with their thirty year old self who was traumatized by the time the maid was an hour late. That's, yeah. that's right. That the kind passive of passive aggressive yeah. yes. emails. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like about how one time they had to mow the lawn or take yeah. the trash out. They're like, yeah. Oh shit, man. Have you ever actually had to change your own flat tire, man? It's you know. Yes, many times. I'll fuck you up. I'm kidding. <laughs> many, many times. Have y'all read this shit about like people that are having to actually do household chores for the first time and they're like yes, really fucked me- up? <laughs> Michelle and I read it and like these people's realization of how hard their nannies and housekeepers were working and was- teachers. Yeah. Oh, certainly teachers. Even my sister is like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're more mad about all the work that their kids are having to do at home. But yeah, it's, I mean, these people, I mean, and you know, they have like huge maximum capacity dishwashers anyway. They are not even really having to hand wash dishes. No, they're having to load the dishwasher for the first time. So like, yeah. Do cups go on the top? I read one. I read one who's who had bags of trash that were piled up because they didn't know where to take the trash. <laughs> Holy they said, shit! She said, "I still don't know. I still don't know where the tra-. that was a business. Actually, they had had to lay off all their staff. Or she was like a nurse. She she was a I, dentist or something, and she had had to send all of her staff away. She's like, I still don't know where the trash goes. It's piled up in the back room. We um at a nonprofit I worked at one time that shall not be named." We had an intern that shall not be named, and she was very wealthy, and she did not know you had to pay a power bill. Not only did she not know how to pay it, she did not know you had to pay it. She didn't understand she the did concept of, of the power bill? <laughs> no, no. Interesting. No, it was incredible. It was and you're working at a place that like literally takes care of coal miners who produce... I said it shall not be named. You just doxed it, bro. Oh. Well, that doesn't really narrow it down in Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I got. I got to say, in the defense of these these poor people, I I you know um, uh, when I was starting out, man, I was just like, I was I was broke on my ass. I lived in a flop house for a long time where you just rented a room, and and you know I'd work and I was 
always terrible. It was mostly because I never had any money. So I was always late paying my bills, but I never quite got into the habit of paying them regularly because it was just so, it was such a rare thing when I could. Oh, I don't And then when I finally, and then when I finally started making money, I just had no idea how to do it anyway. So it was like, I was still (laughs) getting these notices going, we're going to cancel your thing. And I'd be like, how is this possible? I have money. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, actually, I have to write checks. Uh... I agree with you, Josh. I have to say, man, I, I, I let all my bills. I get, I get, I, I pay my bills when I get one in the mail that's like outlined in red. That's when I know it's time I have to. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's system. crazy. Like, it's crazy that there's a level of wealth. Like, once you get to it, you hire people to manage it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to hire accountants and that, like, they manage your specific i mean big i mean like you know working class people use accountants but i mean like people who manage wealth portfolios investments you know shit like that you hire someone to make you more money just by their knowledge they don't even do any work they just invest things yeah yeah let me call my yes you call up you go buy 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 right yeah, yeah, exactly. And I bet, and I bet, rich people and like money managers are able to weasel out of late fees too, because they're like, oh, you know, I had it, I just didn't give it to you at the right time. They're like, yeah, it's fine. I've tried to weasel out of so many late fees, and I'm currently, I know I've talked on the podcast before about going toe to toe with the water company, which I did just make a total ass of myself because I went in there and was like, I'm not paying these late fees, blah blah blah. And it turned out the late fees were only three dollars. <laughs> I, I will not be assessed. <laughs> the principal. I will not. On principal, I will not pay these because uh, it was like a ninety-four dollar bill, and, I, and then I was like, "Give me the, give me what I owe without the late fees." And she was like, ninety-one dollars. <laughs> okay, fuck. All right, I'll give you the whole thing. But now, you, as you all know, I was out of water. Josh, you may not know this, but I had no water for eight different oh, yeah. days. No, you were the last one I was listening to. Is you were you had already filled okay. up the bathtub. In anticipation. Well, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because apparently I filled up my bathtub so many times. I used 300 extra gallons of water last month, even though I didn't have water for eight days. And they have upped, they've almost doubled my water bill. What the In a month, for a month that I didn't have water for eight days. Stay tuned for this, my friends, because this story's not over. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be drastic. Tanya, here's the thing is you got to live like me. I just, I don't pay the bills because I go out to the meter and just when they cut me off, I just turn it back on and they never come back and check it. (laughs) Well, Tom, please come. I I know you know how to hook this water back up. I'm going to need you to come hook me back up because there's no way. Electricity. Exactly. There's no way in goddamn hell we're paying an extra water bill when we went without water for eight days. Yeah. You come out of the goddamn anyway. mountains every once in a while, you fucking hill jack. I do. Oh. I go to town once a week. <laughs> I'm just I'm just pathologically incapable of being on time to anything, paying any kind of bill, <laughs> any of that shit. And I don't know right? why. I just can't. Yes. I just can't. Yes. <laughs> Yep. Interesting. I've never noticed. <laughs> That's why I'm such a great artist, though. <laughs> Cannot mail a t-shirt. Tom is saved by grace. I've walked right into a bear trap here, it appears. Josh, did you get your t-shirt? 
I, I actually did. I, I, I do support your Patreon, but I did not buy a T-shirt. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow, you think you know a guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I guess we should introduce our guest for this week. Uh, we have screenwriter and podcaster Josh Olson. Um, Thank you. You doing all right, Josh? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm so excited to be here because I, uh, how Tom? How did we even? I don't even know how we ended up. Probably through Twitter, right? Yeah, I think uh, here's how we met. Is so Josh is perhaps most famous for being uh, a non-reader of fucking scripts, and I asked him to read my fucking script, and then that was that was that was right. That's yes. what kicked it off. <laughs> so, and the first thing Wait, he really? said to me was. You know what my, my no, thing is, don't you? It's not even the Oscar nomination. <laughs> what was Tom's script? I, I haven't even seen the script. Yeah, man. you have. It, what that is the treatment script? I sent you. Oh, oh, yes, the treatment. I don't even know what a treatment is. What is a treatment? Is it like an abstract? It's like an outline. Like an outline. Uh, like a pitch. A pitch. Yeah. Well, just let me go Tom? ahead and say Josh is way more supportive than Terrence was. <laughs> <laughs> Tom actually just mailed him some scribbles on a bar napkin <laughs> and asked for feedback. He's like, "Yeah, man, this is great. Yeah, just keep 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 plugging, buddy." <laughs> it was good. It was good. I liked it. No, it's it's uh, it's. But no, I feel like we connected over something else, and then that came up very quickly. But uh, <laughs> see, see, seizing an opportunity. <laughs> I don't. Even I remember. feel like I feel like Tom and I aren't good editors for each other's work. I feel like it's never really like I mean we always show each other each other's work but I don't feel like we ever really make any edits we're both just like looks good man <laughs> I've seen Tom a lot of shit that he's just said looks hey. good man <laughs> Oh that's that's bad that's bad you got you got I got I got a couple of writer friends we're all like you know we're all, we're all pros and and you don't want to hand your stuff out to a lot of people but you always want to get fresh eyes and i give like my friend dan waters who wrote heathers who's an amazing writer oh my and God. i give him you know i'll give him a script or he'll give me one and, and bottom line is like i i wouldn't be giving this to you if it was done i want to make it better so your job is to go in and and this is where it gets tricky is like don't tell me what you do with it it's like what do you think i'm doing and i'm missing and it's like you got to be harsh and and there's a weird sensibility that actually enjoys having like tough notes thrown out i don't know it's like it's it's yeah. very it's very masochistic, but but yeah, you got you got to be you got to be tough, you got to be mean, got to be mean. Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, I I don't really have a problem with like political analysis, journalism, like that stuff. Like the editing process is generally pretty easy. But if I'm like writing some kind of fiction work, I would be very sensitive to even the slightest bit of criticism <laughs> or pushback. <laughs> Because it's all you. It's it's all. It's not just you reporting on something. Yeah. And it's like the way you said this actual factual thing. It's all something you've created in your mind. And right. So right. Yeah. Create, cr- more like a critique of you. Yeah. I can see that. Here, here. This is my heart and my soul. Tell me what you think of it. Yeah, it's too fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I sent Terrence. I wrote a I wrote a horse racing novel back around 2013. I sent it to Terrence, and I think he got through oh two pages God. of it. I was like, yes, yeah, it was good, man. Uh, well, you had the setting right. It was set in New Mexico because both me and Tom had just read that there was like a big New York Times expose on racehorse uh, horse racing. You remember that, Tom? Yeah. Um, 
and like one some of the worst actors like some of the worst horse owners and um racers i don't know it was in new mexico horse uh, horseman horseman <laughs> <laughs> and so it, i remember it being said in new mexico and i remember being like wow this is a nice little trade-off you got the setting right at least my friend was my book? friend nick uh worked on a horse farm in new mexico is the same farm that produced mine that bird who won the kentucky derby like maybe seven or eight years ago yeah. or something like that so on this same farm they did peanuts which i didn't even know they did in new mexico but that's what nick's job was he didn't fool with the horses he did the peanuts and i guess nick ended up fucking the guy's wife that, <laughs> that like owned the whole shit <laughs> and one day he said he came picked me up in this big dually truck like every like we do every morning he said we were going out past wherever i guess they do the peanuts at about to he said and we kept going and kept going and i was like damn he's taking me to the end of the property this is kind of strange he said he's being nice to him the whole time all that stuff he said next thing i know i turned around and looked at him i had a shotgun stuck in my face <laughs> and he said get your shit or i'll blow your fucking brains out and so he walked to an arby's and called somebody to come get him i guess <laughs> take him to the airport <laughs> Wow. Was that in the novel? You should at least try to transpose that into fictional form, yeah. Tom. Did you pay him for his story, Tom? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I'm going to I'm gonna have to use that. But, you know, knowing Nick, I'm sure so, there's probably, he probably took a few liberties with that, but you don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Well, <laughs> you know, I feel like now that you bring this up, Novel writing would in some ways be easier than screenwriting or playwriting in some ways because I would be even more uncomfortable with people reading my lines, like the dialogue I wrote. Like I could see actors like acting it out and looking at each other like, this is stupid. Why would this character say this or something? Do you ever get that kind of like nervousness? Is that a thing that exists? To me, that would tear me apart. Nope. No, <laughs> you're that confident. No, no, it's, I don't know, man. There's, there's, uh, there's. Uh, uh, I think a novel would be more personally revealing potentially, but interesting. But, um, but yeah, no, there's nothing. Look, when it's when it's, uh, yeah, when you get good actors doing your lines, it's it's it doesn't even if they're even if they're taking them somewhere you had no intention of them going. It's just, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, I honestly, it's like the greatest thing in the world. Um, yeah, even... <laughs> they are talented in their, they are artists in their own way. Right, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I actually, uh, what was we were talking on, um, um, and and all you guys, Tom has been on. Each of you needs to come on the the West Wing show as well, because because God damn it, it's it's. You, I, I do a podcast called the West Wing thing where Dave Anthony and I uh, deconstruct each episode of the West Wing in order for um, to discuss its terrible politics. And Oh, the I show. Yeah. Love yes. That. You love the show? I love it. I've watched the show and I would love to hear people you ripping need, it you apart. Need to, <laughs> we, we have been, we've, we've had so few. Did, did you love the show when it was on? Uh, I love. I finished it, so I don't know. You know, like I watched the whole fucking thing at some point. You got to have Tanya on. Oh no, we absolutely have to have Tanya. It's been a few I years just, ago. But we've been trying to find a woman hear. who will come on. No, you have to come on anyway. We're trying to find a woman <laughs> to come on who loves the show because we want to mm -hmm. ask. Like we want to get someone who's strong and smart and and like gets the show. And we're like, how do you cope with? I mean, 
the astonishing misogyny on that show. It's like it's we even have a theme song now for we spend 15 minutes just talking about this week's misogyny. It's so insanely in your face. It's not like the usual subtle kind of, you know, just sexist culture. It's like Aaron Sorkin hates women and it just comes out every week. <laughs> I know all these women who love the show. You're like, how are you? How is this work for you? Makes no sense. Oh, but I, but I was I had this analogy. We were talking about Obama because it always struck me that like you think about Obama and it's like, you know, wherever you come down on him. Well, he, he gave he gave great speeches. Right. I mean, he was a great speaker. You'd listen to him talk. You'd feel. But how come no one can think of a single line from an Obama speech? Like, what's your favorite? What's your you know, I've been to the mountaintop or, you know, we are all Berliners now. Where is well, that? that's what happens when John Favreau, when Pod John is your speech writer. Right. And that, so my point was, like, he's not very good. He's just got this great actor doing his lines. Because I've, I've had that experience where you're, you're on a set and, you know, maybe it's a scene that, you know, not everything hits 100%. And maybe you know that it's not quite there, but no one else has noticed and you're hoping no one notices. And then some actor comes on and he's doing your stuff. And I've had this a couple times in my life and it's an amazing feeling. And you're sitting there and you go, this is great. Who wrote it? And you're like, oh, shit, this is my terrible monologue. This guy just <laughs> figured out how to make it good. And then it hit me, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Barack Obama and John Favreau. Because those speeches aren't good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can. There's nothing you can remember about Obama's speeches with any remarkable accuracy. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember Winnie Gay, there was, like, the racism one and the this and the that. I don't remember a single phrase. I do remember his very first... Um, I do remember his inaugural his inauguration speech, and the reason I remember it is because I was in Hyde I Park was crying your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had the like the the star turning speech at the DNC like in two thousand four, but n- nobody can remember a line from that shit. Yeah, and yeah, I, honestly, the only thing I remember from the inaugural speech, I remember lying in bed watching it, feeling like ah, we've arrived, and, and my phone rings. And and it's it's a really good friend of mine who's who's a lesbian heavy metal rock star, and the two of us went did a lot of door to doors for for Obama back in the day, back when we thought that, and and I'm sitting there and I'm getting all misty eyed, and remember and he's running through like, you know this is an America for the black the white the this the that the other every group of men and I'm just going uh, and she just sends me this text it's like um, what what about us and like he did not mention the LGBTQ community in his in his inaugural speech. Of inclusion, yeah, that's true. Because he didn't. So that that was the first time. No, sorry, I was saying that was the first time somebody popped my Obama balloon, and it's been downhill ever since. Yeah, <laughs> day one. Yeah. <clears throat> Where were you when you gave up on Barack Obama? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Did y'all see the video of him <clears throat> endorsing Biden? Did y'all watch that? No. <clears throat> no. Um, Tom and I talked about it on an episode, but it is a very, I think it's a very fascinating thing. I mean, it's, he's essentially saying, because he talks a little bit about Bernie too, but he's essentially saying like Bernie ran the campaign that I would have run, um, but like those days are long gone and essentially like we have to (laughs) throw in for Biden. It was very. It was a very bizarre thing. It was basically just sort of this tacit acknowledgement that the Democratic Party has lost all vision and imagination, and even will, will to change anything. And um, 
And so it was this very weird statement coming from this guy who kind of ran on that idea (laughs) at this specific time when um, the uh, American public was just fed up with the Republicans and, and conservatives and reactionaries. And um, and it's just really it's just this totally cynical statement because it he's saying like change is possible, but look, uh, I, it's it doesn't even make sense to run on that anymore. You have to run on the Biden thing. We have to run on the return to status quo. It was it's a very in my opinion it's a very fascinating document. It'll be viewed huh. by future historians in a very fascinating <laughs> way. I think. Wow. Yeah, now I gotta go back and look. That's that's really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty depressing. It's it's pretty depressing. But um, I mean, there's nothing coming out of the Democratic Party right now that's not depressing. No. Yeah, true. I mean, like we. My favorite, um, go ahead, Tanya. My favorite Biden update has been that uh, he's probably just gonna appoint his wife VP. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real? F- Dr. Jill? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Jill's going to be VP. Well, Whoopi, Whoopi nominated her for a Surgeon General, even though she's not a medical doctor. So. She's not a medical oh doctor, my God. yes. Oh, amazing. Oh, Whoopi. <laughs> you know, it is really, it's astonishing how much the American spirit has been broken right now. Like, we don't have sports anymore. There can't be any real cultural products because, are they filming movies, Josh? No. Can you even no. film a movie? No. <clears throat> so I mean, there's there's nothing that Americans have to look forward to. Nothing um, except politics. That's it. That's the podcasts. only thing. Podcasts. Well, and podcasts, right? But you know, time. and I mean, like, it's a great, great time, time for podcasting. The golden yes, age. <laughs> yes. But it is it is a shame in the sense that like the only game in town right now, mass entertainment, is politics, and. um I guess it is entertaining, at least. I guess we can say that. I guess, you know, that pro- that actually is a good point. If I looked at the political situation right now as more a fiction, as like entertainment, it would it would actually, I could survive it much better than I am right now <laughs> instead of viewing it as such horror. I just like, it's like I ignore the news. I feel like a lot of people are on this cycle. I like, I ignore the news for a few days. I have a few good days and I like build my, build myself up with a couple walks in the woods, a few long baths, a couple good meals. I like get myself in a real good headspace and then I just read a bunch of news because I think (laughs) I'm ready for it. And I just tank like the the Titanic thing. I just literally, I tank to the bottom of the ocean immediately. And then I'm just like mass texting the guy. The boys won't hear from me for three days because I'm out having a good time. And then they get like mass messages from me of just falling apart. Hysteria. <laughs> falling the fuck apart because I've read a bunch of numbers <laughs> that I had been avoiding for days. <laughs> oh, God. Or I, like I only listen to our governor's speeches every few days. You know, but like, you know. Not to not to harp on this, not to retread well-worn ground, but it really is a shame that in this moment where we have been broken culturally and otherwise, that politics is the only thing left that Bernie would get out now. I mean, it's yeah. like, I, I can't imagine a better time than yeah. right now, yeah. because we're all, f- I mean, I don't know, It's it, it's another one no, of those it's... things that... It'll be a great what if, but it's so insane. Really? It's it's like I can't even. I, I've I've 
I'm I'm over. You know, there's all this talk about Tara Reid and all these people are like, you just want to put Bernie back in. And every time someone says that, I go, oh, shit, is that an option? Because I'm pretty much over that. I don't see Bernie yeah. getting back in. I've learned to let go oh, yeah, of that. It's not happening. But but I find myself now in a place. I'm like, just how about someone who's not Joe Biden? This guy this is insane. This is the most beatable fucking person we could possibly have run. Well, what here's they, the thing. Uh, I. I've I've completely disconnected from it totally. Like yeah. it, it's it's almost, to the extent that like seeing people um, argue about like well you have to protect the Supreme Court and all this. I feel like an alien. I just feel like I'm looking at it like that's a, that's interesting. Like because I have no interest in it whatsoever at all. I mean I just assume because I'm really not even hearing anything about it. I just assume they're just kind of. The na- the national election feels to me maybe it's just because I put my head in the sand totally possible but it seems like they've just put the whole thing on hold because now it's like what is Biden it's like again the Dems just think they have it it's like because they're insane they're not they are not logical beings like as a whole they've become this brain dead I mean they're a brain dead death cult and it's it's clear to me now that the that the Biden and the whole Dem- the Democrats their current strategy to deal with Tara Reid is to dip and dodge they are literally uh, yeah. taking the 2002 Tom Sexton route here and dipping and dodging every accusation and lie they can come up with they're just going to avoid let's it just, let's just put just, the caveat there <laughs> that I've <laughs> Not being accused of the same thing. I just want to say that. No, no, not the same accusation. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I just want to make sure that's taking, out there. They're taking Tom's method of avoiding, you know, gambling problems, and that's how they're handling a a very serious sexual assault accusation. They're fools. So weird. Did you just use Tom as an example? <laughs> a stand-in for Joe Biden. Jeez. That's low. Wow, That's uh, bad strategy. Your depravity knows no bounds. <laughs> Have you guys wow. considered like couples therapy, like, uh, like Metallica did? Yes. <clears throat> did, did Metallica well, as you can do? Hear, we can't find a good therapist. <laughs> we got him here. <laughs> did you all get letters? I got a personally signed letter from Donald Trump this week. Did y'all get yours? Oh, yeah, I did. And it made me nervous because I, I was like, fuck, IRS letter. It automatically triggers <laughs> yeah. heart palpitations in me. And Same. then I was like, oh, it's just Trump doing a victory letter. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was this the checks that he signed? Or? Well, we are, I'd already got my check direct deposit. But weeks later, I, this week, I get a let, we get letters in the mail from the IRS. I immediately had already decided whatever was in that, I was blaming it on Tom. Whatever was in that IRS letter. <laughs> Probably safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a letter personally signed by Donald Trump that said was that was letting me know that he was personally responsible for that twelve hundred dollar check that I got. I had they never been so relieved to hear from this. Donald fucking Trump. I'll be honest with you. They saved all that money not having to print and mail checks by doing direct deposit, and then they just did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, unfucking believable. How much money was spent sending that stupid fucking letter? Did it come via the post office? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and while at the same time, he's getting ready to privatize all that shit. <laughs> so. 
I said that might be the way around it. Remind him that if he does that, they can't keep sending you those letters telling you that uh, he's responsible for all the good things in your life. Yeah, that's true. But you know, is it? It's there's that interesting. Then there's that that COVID factor. You know, who knows what the fuck's going to happen in November? These guys could all be dead by then. (laughs) That's true. I mean, presumably they're going to have to go out and campaign some more. That's what. That's what's that going to look like? You know. Are they though? Do they go? I mean, do you get that? Wasn't that the weirdest thing that, like, right after Bernie dropped out, like, all those Democrats just immediately got up and got to work shitting all over the left? Yeah. Don't you want to, like, now you guys have to go to work, like, go knock doors, make phone calls. And they just stepped up their, like, anger at us, which is so weird. But I I think it's because, like, none of them, none of them are prepared for, like, what you have to do to. You know, you gotta you gotta call people up and you gotta make them excited about Joe Biden. And I'm honestly, I, I'm I'm so fucking horrified by Donald Trump. I like if I if I had an answer to that, I'd do it. If I could come up with an argument, I would write it. I'm a good writer. I would send it out to people like, here's what you say to people to get them excited about Joe Biden. But what the fuck do you say to people? To get There's them not one. About See, if Hollywood can't even come up with a a legitimate uh, a, a legitimate stance for Joe Biden, nobody fucking a good, can. A good speech. I know. I know. It's terrible. Well, I mean, you remember that hilarious article we talked about it at one point on the show about how after super tuesday his team you remember how he disappeared for a few days yeah. and nobody knew where the fu- i mean he does this periodically but the first time oh, when he, he was really setting up it. his podcast <laughs> yeah yeah well i think he had just gone into quarantine or right. this was at the very beginning this was after super yeah. tuesday and it was um it was it was the week that they held the first pandemic primary and he disappeared and um everybody was asking what happened some people were speculating that he had just literally died um other people some thought people that he like had, us <laughs> some people <Yes>. like us <laughs> um, but it it turned out that what had actually happened was he his team was racking their brains like in a hot sw- basement somewhere probably trying to figure out how to pivot from joe uh uncle joe the candidate to uncle joe the president and it was just such a hard like spin like they had to literally recreate a, a you know an entirely new character because like i mean all through the primary joe was running as this sort of like kooky kind of like funny guy he he you know what i mean like he kind of had this like sort of meme brand um where he you listen, know he would fat. wear the sunglasses and stuff <clears throat> yeah listen fat like that stuff but then like they had to um <laughs> but then they had to Corn make him presidential did y'all did y'all see this thing where trump's in the honeywell mask factory and they're playing guns and roses live and let die yes is that not the darkest? Like you couldn't have written that. <laughs> and he, yeah, he's not wearing a mask in a mask factory. It, it's. Uh, I'm sure that was one of the workers who has since been fired. <laughs> Gosh, damn! You, and you know this motherfucker like made everybody go get tested right before he came in without the mask. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not just going there raw dogging it. Yeah. Well, Mike Pence he- did on a co- in a COVID wing of a hospital. Fucking idiot. He's just a dumb bastard. Is he still going West Point? Is he still going to go talk at West Point? Is that happening? I don't Do you know. know about this? Trump? 
like he just stated like a week or two ago that like, well, West Point wants me to come talk to them, so I'm gonna go talk to them. And what's gonna, West Point? The, the the military academy. Uh, and and he's going to give their I think graduation speech or something, and he's saying they want, and it's like all all these cadets are being summoned back. They're going to have to be quarantined for two weeks, I don't know before or after. So that's all. I mean, it's an insane amount of shit they're going to be put through just to have this clown come talk to them. And a bunch of them were <laughs> tweeting like, "No, we don't want him. None of us asked him to come talk to us." So he just decided he was going to go give the speech at West Point. Amazing. They're making all of them quarantine for two weeks before graduation. Yeah. Just so they can oh meet Donald God, Trump. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah. It's really weird. It's kind of got this like monarchical vibe to it <clears throat> in the sense that <clears throat> it almost seems like because he's the president, he can't get it and therefore you can be in his presence. It's like n- nobody else we would really afford that kind of... I mean, I guess we do with like essential workers and stuff, but it's just a very weird idea. I don't know. It's true. It's true. We should make a point of making sure that idea gets out there, that Donald Trump cannot get COVID by exposing himself <laughs> to people who might have it. Yeah. Make sure he knows that. It's pretty a pretty dark week. Um, the news has been pretty dark. Um, but um, I, I, saw, I watched this really bizarre thing on the New York Times website last night where... They had, are y'all familiar with this woman, Amy Acton, Dr. Amy Acton? Have you seen any videos about her? I do not know Dr. Mm-hmm. Amy. She is, she's the part, I think she's the head of, like, the Ohio Department of Health. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one that first said that uh, we're, like, drastically underreporting the coronavirus numbers. And like she took some shit because she said, actually, Ohio probably has closer to 100,000 cases, like in the earlier oh, days yeah. of the quarantine. Yeah, yeah, that was her. That was that was the first like real headline. And she um, she's like blown up since then. She's kind of like become the the new Fauci. Andy Bashir of. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of like the Andy Bashir or Fauci or whatever of Ohio. And so she's become this like huge sort of celebrity and like. I, you know, and and the, this there was this New York Times story they did about it. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It was like a nine minute video where they were like, "We watched seventy five hours of Amy Acton delivering speeches to the public, and here's what we learned about her." And it was so bizarre. They were basically like, "She says things. She uses pronouns like I and we." I did not understand it at all. It was the most. It was like really like someone working from home bored as fuck like having no other news to report really um it was really bizarre but i don't know it was just another example of how um i guess we've like turned a lot of these sort of like politicians and leaders into our like parents because everybody likes her because she has like a mom vibe and the same people say the same thing about andy brashear he's like dad or whatever it's very fucking weird I don't know. Yeah. Journalists are not well, though. Let's just say <laughs> that. Journalists have you noticed, are not well. Have you How noticed? How do you this shit? How do you... Like, I, I get to disappear for a few days, and then I have to come back in and, like, you know, re, you know just read a bunch of headlines. They're having to write this shit down. <laughs> well, it was in video form, which was even weirder, because they took hours to edit this thing. 
It was fucking ridiculous. It was. Can you imagine what it was a, like, a maniac that must turn you into? They were like, <laughs> she prepares you for the bad news that's about to come. They listed that as one of her good traits. I was like, everybody does that. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't. Have you guys noticed that that we now nobody wants l- good leaders? Have you noticed this? Everybody wants a good mother or father. It, yes. it, like it's this really bizarre thing. It's like was it Nietzsche that said need... uh, if you don't have a good father, you should really <laughs> procure one? <laughs> it's less than me and Tanya. I guess he's... to learn, <laughs> or Terrence for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> but but really, like I feel like in previous times, I don't feel like people in the twenties were like. Yes, we need Daddy FDR. They were like, we need a strong leader to get us the fuck out of this situation. Now everybody's like, we need a good mom and a good dad. Read to us and tell us that everything is going to be okay. Just a little kiss on the forehead in the evening time. Tuck us in a little. (laughs) It's very strange to me. It's just, it makes a lot of sense to me that people are retreating into this uh, like childlike state because we're all at home all the time. We don't have we can't leave the house. We really have no control over our lives anymore. Uh we are mostly confused. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. We're eating garbage out of a can again. <laughs> like I just feel like there are a lot of people just kind of resorting back to their like childlike I don't know. I mean, I think this is uh, this is going to be um I mean, it's certainly a mental health crisis. That's an understatement. But I just wonder, at yeah. what, how long is it going to be before eight-year-old us is is looking for this traumatic moment on an island <laughs> in a fucking padded room? Well, I, I have noticed I've been eating an inordinate amount of uh, treat and viney sausages. So I think there's something to your theory here. Yeah, Tom is in a perpetual state of orange ring around the mouth from Diet Sunkist. <laughs> I'm eating way too many. I'm eating way too many canned foods and freezer items right now. <laughs> Got to tell you, not good. What are you guys? Are you guys finding? Because you all seem to be, you know, like Dave, Anthony, and I. One of the things we bond over is we both tend to be kind of apocalyptic thinkers, you know. But since we this thing started, I sleep like a fucking baby. Oh, God. Fascinating. It's like now the thing wow. I've been terrified of my whole life is here. It's like, all right, this is what it looks like, I guess. Now I can sleep. I think that's what Tom's kind of having that reaction. Tom's, I mean, he's talked about it, how he's just like always been this anxiety ridden uh, hypochondriac. And I mean, he still is, I guess, but he's oddly calm these days. I am calm right? as a cucumber. I'm like, Josh, I, I, when this first kicked off, I, I, I remember it actually because it's the night we did the West Wing show. I went to bed and like slept till like eleven o'clock the next day, and I never do that <laughs> unless I'm like on Xanax or something. <laughs> like never. Wow. So it is. I'm yeah, having yeah, the Tom... worst dreams of my life. Really? I'm not oh, sleeping yeah. at all. Last night I had the worst dreams I've ever had that that I can oh. remember. Dear I had God. terrible. This this morning I woke up and I was like, "Please hold me. I am. I just can't even believe what's come out of what is in my head right now." Michelle was just like, jeez. Were they, were they been personal happening. or global? Both. Both. Really? I, I'm not even going to tell you anything about it. but No, you have I mean, to. You can't were, tease us like that. They were both, like, there were people in my bedroom that I was trying to, like, convince that the house was okay. Like, they, like it was a safe place to be. It's like I'm trying to convince myself of this, obviously. 
Um, there was just crap. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a typical dream where it's like nothing's linear and it's hard to even explain to anyone else in, even, in any succinct way right. what the fuck was going on. But it was so many different scenes. Like, there were multiple deaths and I, and I was like having to console people. Oh, God, it was fucking terrible. I, I've heard a lot of people have been having really bad dreams. It just seems like... Um, mm. I've seen a couple articles about it and stuff. People have been having bad dreams. Their whole everybody's sleep patterns have changed. Yeah, that is. Yes. I'm worried it's this medicine. It's the new medicine I'm taking. You all told me that it's nothing. I'm basically taking a vitamin. <laughs> oh, it could be. I forgot you're on that medicine. It yeah. could be. So, because um, it's like just now, I'm probably starting to like actually get my system. It's been like a week. Yeah, my dr- my dreams changed when I first got on it for sure. I'm gonna have to start smoking more weed to just. In the dreams. Oh, Zoloft and weed is like, that's the Terrence Ray uh, special <laughs> right there. Okay, I like Wait, that. I, I should know this. I mean, are you guys, is it legal? It's not legal there, is it? No. No. Oh. No. Very little of what we do is legal at this point, yeah. Josh. I don't know. <laughs> but I want to add, so I'm interested that, that people, because like, you know, I live and work in a place where, you know, there, there's a lot of. You know, it's well-to-do people in positions of just enough high-profile thing that they conflate it with power, I guess. And they, you, you feel like you're in a place where, you know, you're in charge of something. And it's been interesting the last couple of years, but especially now during this, watching people who spent their whole lives being on top of everything and thinking they're in charge and in control, grappling with the reality of the fact that they have no control over fucking anything. And, and they're all losing their minds. But but the celebrity culture thing has gotten so insane. So yeah, it seems to me like the next step is they all sing Imagine and they think that we're gonna what? What were we? What was the response supposed to be to that? Yeah. What do you think they thought? What is going through? I know I'm gonna get my friends. We're gonna sing Imagine. Here's what's gonna happen. Like what did they think that was gonna instigate? They thought it was gonna be like when those when those actors took that selfie at. The Oscars that one oh, year. Oh, the Oscars. Wait, remember that? <laughs> right. You remember that? That was like 2014 yeah. or something. That was like yeah. a huge... That was like the first tweet to get like a million retweets or some bullshit. They thought it was going to be like that, but like right. they didn't realize that the world has just soured precipitously in the last five or six years. <laughs> Even the people that used to be like smarmy and shit, they have, they have now come over to the jaded, disillusioned end of the pool, I feel like. Wait, but speaking well, also, of, though, but that was yeah. No, go ahead. That's also just the Oscars. So it's like entertainment. It's like yeah, whatever. But in the middle of the pandemic, to do something like that, which seems so purposeful, right? And, and you know, we're at the Oscars. It's fun. Let's all take a picture. That's funny. It's like I could, you know, that was noxious. No, but, it was, but this, like, there seemed to be this sense that somehow they were addressing the problem. No, it, it was well, interesting because all, it, you know they've. Go ahead. Yeah, they've started loading the dishwasher and taking out the trash themselves. They suddenly felt like yeah. they they had salt. They had actual. We're feeling actual solidarity all of a sudden. Well, they like, were. Never they were. In, they before. were for once. Well, they were for once impacted by a a um the same event that impacted the working class. You know what I mean? So like right. it actually tied them to the rest of the world for a brief moment, and then they thought, well, what what do we do? to fix this like we can do something about this right so like it was a very interesting impulse because it meant that they for a brief moment thought that they were actually 
helping. <laughs> well, it's that it's that Pepsi politics, like that Pepsi New Generation type shit, where that like we can just uh, you know celebrity our way out of any problem or any of that kind of stuff. And I think the other part to it is it's kind of like boxing and how that like to me there's not a a, a sort of a a dearth of like exciting movie stars. You know what I mean? Like that the last generation of like, you know, the Brad Pitts and those people like that, notwithstanding, like but like the newer people, it's like who is like who would you be starstruck by that has enough like cultural cachet that that's like would be meaningful in any kind of way right now? You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm not tripping over James Marsden Mar what's his name? Marsden, the guy that you know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, singing yeah. Hallelujah by Jeff Beckley or some shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Logan, Logan Paul. Yeah, it was Logan right. Paul. <laughs> Jeff Beckley is Jeff Buckley from Beckley, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, uh, West Virginia. Good West Virginia boy. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Buckley is from Ooh, Beckley, I... West Virginia. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm trying I, to I imagine saying, a I theoretical. Like... I, I'm trying to imagine a theoretical singer. Who is like Jeff Buckley, but from Beckley, West Virginia, and so he sings these really impassioned songs, but from a Beckley, West Virginia standpoint. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on the bit. <laughs> so wait, I got, I got to ask a question because I, I feel like, I feel like, and anyone who's listening to this, going like, because you know, you guys had Sturgill Simpson on. It was a big, you know, like you, you have these guests on who are usually about something or they're they're notable and all this, and people are like, well, why is this clown on? And I'm like, literally, just because. I don't know why, because we we I had you on my podcast. No, but so my my entire agenda here is like I get to actually interact with people on my face. So like another one of the things that I'm always wondering, I'm like walking my dog, and you guys start talking about Jeff Beckley, and I'm like, have you guys you guys talk so much about people you know in such detail? Has that ever come back to like kick you in the ass? Do you ever get in trouble? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That just seemed. I love it. It just seems so dangerous to me. <laughs> well, well, Terrence I literally got fired, got fired for it. <laughs> yeah, Terrence oh, literally shit. got fired over that? the podcast. What happened? How did I miss that? Yeah, yeah it was a while oh back. God. It was it was in our earlier okay. days. We're we're at this point. We're veterans, I guess. Wow. I mean, um, we do the firing, but it's now. it's. Now we do the firing, yeah. It's it's in the early mythos of the show now, though. You know what I mean? Like, this is what he had to sacrifice to make the show a success. Like, when they do a biopic of us in 20 or 30 years, <laughs> there will be a montage of me be on the writing an channel. essay. Yeah, and I'll send Tom the essay and be like, hey, man, what do you think about this? And he'll say, looks good, man, having not read it. <laughs> no, actually, on that one, I, 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 I remember distinctly saying, man, I don't know. You kind of got to weigh that against what they might do. I, who but usually, knows, any other time, I, I did say, sounds good, man. Send it on in. It doesn't really matter. Whoever they hire to write this film um, will not care about that detail. It'll just be... A plot point that is important. This will be like it, it would be like, um, you know, uh, what's the fucking boyhood? Right. The Link Ladder film. Yeah. It'll be like that. Just like it'll be this weird cultural document of like us growing into middle age. <laughs> <laughs> 
It'll be boring as hell is what it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because you listen back to those first episodes, the, like the first two years of the show. Honestly, I listened to the other day. I was just listened to an episode from like August and I was like, this sucks ass. <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy how fast this shit ages. Uh. Like, you know, I feel like with SNL or whatever, shit from the 90s SNL was still funny when I was in high school, like the 2000s. And, um, well, for me, I'm saying for me and my generation. But, like, with podcasts, it's, it, it, you know, it ages in about two or three weeks. Yeah. We, we, the, Very especially strange. when you do the news. I'm glad we've come back to current affairs because two things happened this week that were... One is Epstein, crossed me initially at least as Epstein level, what the fuck, is that a scientist who, or doctor, engineer person who was like working on a vaccine, on a COVID vaccine, was murdered. Oh yeah, I saw that. I did not see this. Yeah. I saw that. So that was an Epstein level, like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. The other, the other thing that happened this week that I feel like I just, like, keep watching over and over again, which is very different, but still worth noting, is that West Virginia Governor Jim Justice said in a live briefing that he used the word fuck. <laughs> He said, you're not going back out. He's like, we're not opening businesses until you get with the fucking guidelines. <laughs> and then he came out and said, not only did he not say that on that live broadcast, but he has never, ever said the word fucking his whole life. But but there's documentation of it happening. Yeah, it's in a video. He said <laughs> He said it's a glitch, but there's literally a woman signing it who obviously is like, <laughs> she's like doing ASL while he's speaking. Guys have made the he world is, they've always wanted. He is a fucking idiot. He is extremely stupid. We talked about him like, like when this first started. I remember the very first episode we did remotely was about him and this speech yeah. that he gave because he is so bizarre. He just doesn't. He's not there. He's just not there. He's an absolute maniac. Yeah. For but, for a man with not a few comorbidities, you'd think he'd want to like kind of <laughs> kind of slow this thing down a little bit. Which I guess I mean my friends in West Virginia are like, yeah, he's actually not doing that bad of a job because he just like he just made a task force of all these actually really smart people and told them to handle it. He's just doing whatever they say. <laughs> so it's, he's not, it's West, supposedly they think that the things are going okay. It's probably because their numbers are low because they're not testing. <laughs> but right. anyway, that's beside the point. But the fact that he said that he told people that not only did he not say the thing they heard him say live on TV, <laughs> but that he's never said the word fuck in his life. Never. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and there are people who believe him now, I bet you. I don't know. I Absolutely. Just it's, it's insane to double down on it. I mean, people, most people were probably into it. We're like, yeah, that's my Yeah, who would be... said fucking... <laughs> who is he worried about offending? I don't know. I mean, it, this is a man who owns coal mines in half a dozen states... Where he's a tax owes, deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, where he owes fines and taxes 
upward, you know, up well millions over millions. millions. Yeah. In the millions and millions of dollars to every single state, even his own state <laughs> that he's the governor of. Christ. What he was the first? Seem like a man who cares about public production. I stand by it. I said it once. I say it again. We should have used him to plug the goddamn BP oil spill and called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what was the first news item you said there, Tanya? Before oh, the Jim Justice murdered. thing. Yeah, about a guy who the headline I saw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was close to a vaccine breakthrough. That's what I saw too. But sounds like we would have heard that before he got murdered. Maybe we should have already heard about that. So it seemed like a little like. And honestly, he's not. What is he like working alone in his apartment? There's nobody else there. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, yeah. gonna start all over again. He's working it out in his second bathroom. <laughs> now we have to start from. Yeah, only only he yeah, knew. Like, yeah. Like a duck from um, Back to the Future. You know what I mean? Like yeah. doc, whatever that guy's name is. Oh fuck! So wait, can I can I ask you guys a question um, about your regional shit there for a minute? Because uh, I I I've, please um, I don't think you've talked about this uh, much lately, but um, you know my my only uh, I check in on Amy McGrath via my Facebook friends every now and then, and you know they're all these like well-to-do <laughs> Hollywood liberals who are like she's gonna win, she's gonna win, and I'm like oh, you guys need to listen to my friend's podcast. But what uh, she's not gonna win, is she? Definitely not. Is that because there's a lot of the, the, the story now, the narrative that's coming out when you know because they pop up all the time looking for money is that she's closing in on them and they're neck and neck and she's gonna kick his ass and <laughs> I got all these friends going she's so great and I'm like what is it what is it great what's great about her well she she's great she she flew jets right she's a fighter jet pilot yeah well the line that they're taking right now is very is very funny. Um, but it's also the line that the Dems are going with. I know it's not officially the line that the Dems are going with, but it's what all the liberals tell you when they're trying to scold you into voting for right. Biden. They're now using that for McGrath, too. They're, it's about the Supreme Court. Specifically, it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which I've got to hand it to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I really have to give it up to Ruth Bader Ginsburg for, A, not dropping, like not quitting when she should have. <laughs> But B, then being able, but then being able to coast like the next eight years on being able to convince people to vote for Democrats because hey, I might die any minute now. Yeah. That's some baller shit. That power. is fucking. That's I alpha. She's in the hospital right now, actually. <laughs> She is. She, today, today she's no. It's, today just, she's really perfect delivery. <laughs> Yeah, she's been it's, calling it's, in to meetings today from her oh hospital bed. <laughs> it's really brilliant so because fun. it makes everybody be like, no, please don't fly, please. It makes like over at least a couple million people say yeah. that, right? Like that's how many people probably vote for Democrats, like a couple million or something. Well, is it, let me ask you, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's all kinds of ways to get killed in your neck of the woods that are alien to me, but you want to get killed where I live? <laughs> Is is start explaining why um, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg was so fucking smart, why didn't she get out at the beginning of Obama's second administration? And and um, it, people don't like to hear that. Well, what they've said, what they've come up with yeah. now, I saw this the other day. Um, what they've come up with is that they she didn't drop out because she wanted Hillary to appoint her. Well, replacement. no, sure, but but you, um, you know, statistically speaking, the odds of 
you know, yeah, you want Hillary, it's all going to blah, 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 blah. But the odds of the next president being I, but, a— But why not Obama? The next president being a Democrat. I don't understand what— The odds of what... the next president after Obama was not going to be a Democrat. And it's it's one Rob. thing for, you know, me to put 50 bucks on a bet on that. It's another for her to gamble with the entire Supreme fucking court on the insane notion that history's not going to just do what it always does. It's dope, though. People love her regardless. They're like— She's my queen. That's my queen right there. Please, my queen. Please, my queen. Don't die. Please, don't die. Please. (laughs) Uh, My queen. These are things you cannot say in Los Angeles. Even though though we went Bernie, man. Bernie won this state, but you cannot say that. I'm going to get killed. That's tight. I'm going to get killed for having said that. People hate all lawyers in Kentucky, so. <laughs> I mean, she's just she's just another lawyer, another liar around here. <laughs> they are a looked down upon class. That is one good thing about the South, yeah. at least. <laughs> Lawyers are looked down upon. <laughs> There's, although it would be interesting, man, because like Tom, when Tom was on uh, the West Wing show, we got while we were recording, we got the notice that L.A. was going to be officially locked down. So it would be interesting if coming on your show, RBG dies. <laughs> while we're on, yeah, while we're on, Does, doesn't seem to have happened. I just checked. She's still, <laughs> it, dude. It's gonna be. It's going to be very funny. It's going to be very funny. Uh, just all of the reactions. It's, it's, Jesus Christ, it's so fucking. Yeah, not. I, I don't really yeah, look forward. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a little bit of a contrarian take here. Actually, I don't okay. look forward to Henry Kissinger no, dying at all. Not you, because. Really? Because, because, I mean, because, like, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be the most insufferable people online just, like, celebrating it. And it's, like, any, every day that asshole piece of shit lived over the age of 45 was a failure of the left. So we have nothing to celebrate. People like that should be dead. It'll, it'll be really funny to see the line that Hillary Clinton takes because I feel like even now she's kind of, like, um... She's supposed to be a little more woke than she was in 2016, I guess. Like, what is she going to say about Kissinger dying? I wonder if she's going to say he was a great man. Is is Mother going to shatter her woke image if she says Kissinger was a good man? Should, I don't know. Uh, uh, the morning line favorite is Complicated Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I gotta watch Rachel Maddow when that happens. Yeah. She'll she'll put it all into context oh, for me. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is such a freaking badass. <laughs> Would you stop? She is such a freaking badass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is so sad. All right, should we put a cap on it? That seems like a good place to stop. (laughs) I'm thoroughly (laughs) depressed now. (laughs) Welcome to Trillbillies. That means you've come on. Yeah, you got Black Peel Nation, baby. (laughs) Wait, can I I ask you all one question before I get out of here? Because there's a lot of fucking depression on ours. There's a lot of depression everywhere. Is there anything? And even if the answer is no, say no. Is there anything that that makes you go? Uh, well, that's something to look forward to. Outside of Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. <laughs> <laughs> not, I mean, we should say just 
the reaction is what we're yes. gonna <laughs> I don't know. I I just started a garden. That's probably what Tanya's answer was would have been too. Seen as how she just started. No, I'm here. We're growing food. I was trying to think, though. I mean, we keep talking about getting a puppy. (laughs) I think we're going to try to get a puppy soon. (laughs) So I have that to look forward to. (laughs) That's pretty tight. Well, we have we have a great dog and we had a cat, but now our dog is an only child uh, and it's just he's just not happy. He's very sad being an only child, and we need to remedy that. But yeah, food growing in. I'm trying to buy four wheeler, so I have that to look forward to. I'm gonna get to ridge run a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking forward to watching what we do in the shadows tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. You should go watch that if you haven't. Absolutely. show rules. But do you think there's any, I mean, like, there's there's all these little things. I, I've felt for four years now that there's still a version of events where Donald Trump makes everything better. Nope. Dead in, silence. I mean, like, in the multiverse? <laughs> like a reality like, out there in the like multiverse? He's, dis- he's stripped the faces, you know, the masks off of everybody. We now see both sides for exactly who they are. It's impossible to avoid. He's destroying the fucking Republican Party. I mean, he's just demolished those people, some of them. Uh, you know, this, this, and then this virus comes along and they mishandle it. It becomes this epidemic. But, but it's bringing stuff out in people that today, I don't know, are people going to remember this in six months, in a year? Or people like, I'm actually seeing people being nicer to each other when they're out in the world and in general conversation. That's good. But does that last or does this like end and we all just go back to being assholes to each other? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I make a f- go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. No, no, go, go. I was just gonna say I make a solemn pledge not to be an asshole to anybody when this is all over with. <laughs> I can't, I can't make that pledge. I'm, I'm gonna it hold up, you to man. that, Tom. But I don't know. Is there something? Even though it's all kind of fatuous and performative, there's so much attention being given all of a sudden to like working people from people who normally don't pay any attention to them you know that's like is that gonna last or are we just gonna go back to like fucking over our waiter the instant we're in a restaurant again there have been heightened labor like there's been more strikes yeah. in the last two and i feel nights. like people are more supportive of them i, I don't know i gotta get I, look i'm getting up tomorrow anyway i just like thinking there's a reason <laughs> well, if we're committed, if we're committed to the assumption that the empire is falling, I guess there's some that's something to look forward that's not to. An assumption at this point, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that that's also just gonna be a rough. It's gonna be rough on a lot of yeah. us, not just uh, the big boats. I think that America is probably turning into some sort of like monarchy, probably some sort of like a. You know, something, I mean, it's very clear we don't live in a democracy anymore. It seems like that is the mess that's sort of been stripped off of this year. Um, I mean, obviously, we've all known it, but just like everything else, it required a very public sort of um, dismantling of it. We needed a very public uh, example of how it actually didn't work um, or didn't exist. And and who the fuck knows? I mean, uh, Trump might suspend the election in November, and 
and then we'll probably get a monarchy or something. And that, and honestly, but here's the thing, Josh, I've made total peace with it. In fact, <laughs> I kind of welcome it. It's kind of just like this is this is just life. There was now. a great during um, the Cold War. National Lampoon did an article because it was like, but before your time, you goddamn kids. But 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 communist mania was just you know it was a part of our lives. And they did this great article that just said, let's just capitulate to Russia. And it was just an article about what would change in America, actually, if we let the Soviets take over the country. And the upshot was like, yeah, pretty much nothing. <laughs> you'd still go to the store. You'd still have your dopey shows. you still, you know. Uh, so you're yeah. saying, so you feel that way about, like, Queen Ivanka and, and Prince Jared? Is that your... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Prince Baron. <laughs> Prince Baron. <laughs> you know, I kind of hope this balkanization thing happens. Yep. It's not happening. Nah, it so would be kind of cool, happen. though, if we just... Yeah. The United yeah. States needs those ports. It, it, will, it will turn into some sort of fascist monarchy or something before it allows a balkanization to occur. Um, just... Just gaming it out. I mean, I don't know. That's my personal opinion. Maybe maybe you guys feel strongly about the topic of balkanization. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder who's going to emerge as the Slobodan Milosevic of the Great Lakes region. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, the answer to your question is Jesse Ventura. So wait, did I, did he just drop out, or is he actually? <laughs> is that not true? I hope to God he didn't. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah that, that's. Did. I sit there every day and I go, well, I'm not crazy. Everyone around me is, and then I go, Jesse Ventura. I can get behind that, and then I go, maybe I'm crazy too. But, but, <laughs> but, come on. No, he dropped did he drop out. Yeah, I would not That's such a cock tease. God. I could have really got damn behind it. the body. God damn it! You'd have like you'd have like two sexual predators and a guy who fought the predator. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, the campaign writes itself. It's, how the fuck does he drop out? How do we get him back in? Oh, I'm yeah. so sad. Okay, well that was depressing. I mean, um, I was looking forward yesterday to my walk outside, but we no further got to the top of the hill to the top of the driveway and <clears throat> realized that a bear had attacked essentially our garbage cans and this entire big wooden structure that was holding all these garbage cans was flipped over it took both of us to get it turned back and there was bags of trash drug into the woods <laughs> that we had to go clean up. So I can't, I have so little to look forward to. I can't even look forward to my walks in the woods anymore. <laughs> so I'm not the one to ask. Long way down, to people. Uh, well, uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> thanks for coming on, Josh. I hope you are staying safe and, um, you know, Staying sane. Safe at least. Tell everybody where they well. could find you, Josh, and what you what you do. Who, what, where? Heard you had two pretty good looking guys on one of your shows this week. Yeah. Oh well, I do. Uh, um, uh, oh well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. You can, you can. Uh, I do. I do a podcast with the great Joe Dante called "The Movies That Made Me." 
Um, and uh, we had Terrence and Tom on. We're going to have Tanya on at some point, even if she must talk about steel magnolias. Um, and and then I do another podcast, which is a little a little more on the political tip, as they say, with Dave Anthony from the Dollop called the West Wing thing. And we are breaking down every single episode of the West Wing in order and dissecting their terrible oh politics. God. And uh, we had Tom on a while ago. We're going to have you guys on. Uh, we just did the season finale for uh, episode two. We had David Sirota on, who was great. Turns out to be a big West Wing hater. Uh, that was fun. And then, uh, you know, I write movies and shit. But this is the... <laughs> <laughs> In your spare time. In my spare time. In my spare time. And, and run a podcast studio. That's the other thing. But um, but yeah, check out those podcasts if you like if you like movies. We tend not to get deeply political on that show. Um, and then uh, the West Wing thing—it's just me and Dave Anthony, who are both working screenwriters, uh, committing career suicide by shitting all over one of Hollywood's most beloved and powerful screenwriters. <laughs> Does he have one good movie in your opinion? Um, I you know I, I don't want to. We started it on the show kind of going like we're going to do the politics but we're not going to bag on the writing because he's such a great writer and everything as we got into it it's like i don't know is he really and i i was underwhelmed with social network i know everybody loves that uh jobs i was gonna that's what i was yeah, asking I mean, you that's the only one that i would consider that people decent, like it I I, i've been meaning I've, to go back and give it another shot because i'm that kind of guy who's like if i really if you're like some artist and i really start to fucking hate you i i want to find the thing that you did that confounds me like i want to like that movie um, and we've got a lot of people on Twitter <laughs> trying to get us to watch the American president. So we may go back and do an American president episode, but, um, I, I can't, I've never seen that one. Yeah. I can't think of an Aaron Sorkin thing that I love. Um, and Oh my God, he did Moneyball. I people love Moneyball. That. that was fine. I, I didn't, it's like, it didn't, didn't I, but I'm, you know, I, I didn't think. How'd you feel about Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip starring Stephen Weber from Wings? <laughs> I have, I have watched one episode and I could not believe what I was seeing. That was, uh, because <laughs> um, would they treat, they treat putting together an SNL type show with the same ponderousness that they treat like working in the White House. It was really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but after well, you finish listening to all your trillbillies, if you still have time, come come check out some of uh, some of my yeah my audio content. And I was really sad. I missed you guys. I blame Tom. It's Tom's fault. We also have the Squadcast oh, thing where we can only have four people at the same time, so that's a pain. But, that, that makes but we, sense. We were working out. Um, but thank you guys. Gremlins is my favorite Christmas movie, so I was really sad to miss. Oh well, you'll, yes. Well, you know they didn't know yeah. Joe was the host when they came on. They had no. I, I don't know. Somehow they didn't. They didn't realize they'd be talking to him. That's how Tom weaseled out of <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> when I was like, "What the actual <clears throat> fuck, Tom?" <laughs> it was. They were. They were great. They were great. Although I did want them to beat us up a little bit more. They were very. They were very polite. That's a southern thing, you guys. You need to get over that. You think yeah. we're polite? Yeah. <laughs> we're only mean to each other. Yes. Um, but to others, we're nice. Yes. Family thing. Um, but thank you guys so much. I really am. I'm a giant fan of the show. I've been listening for years. I've been, I've been, I've been on your Patreon forever, and it's just, it's, it's a thrill. It's like half the time I was here, I was like, oh wait a minute, I can say something to them. They'll hear me this time. Which uh, normally, mm -hmm. when I'm walking my dog and talking to you, there's no response. And, <laughs> I got two good therapists you can see about. <laughs> but thank you guys. Like it was, it was a thrill. Yeah, thanks so much, Josh. Gone's fun, man. Absolute thrill. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to yes. you soon. Bye. Take care. <laughs>